Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willie. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S, that is, at Egberto Willies. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willies, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this time with me today. We're going to have a great show again. We're going to talk about the gullibility of Americans and what it's causing us and what we should do about it. As you know, this is a call-in show, the telephone number to call into the show as well. And by the way, you can leave some messages here on Facebook Live as well. The call-in number is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. If you have anything that you want to mention, anything that you want to say, please feel free to give us a, uh, to give us a call at that number. And likewise, please remember that uh, you can post your messages on Facebook Live. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to put inside of Facebook Live uh, the telephone number. So call that number that you just see that I placed in Facebook Live if you want to talk on air as well as on Blog Talk Radio. Well, it seems like uh, Don, uh, that, that uh, John McCain has come through for us one more time. Who would have thunk it? But he did it seems that he is going to cause the death of the bill, assuming that we get either um, uh, Murkowski from, not Murkowski, I forgot her name, from Alaska, or the other, uh, the, other, um, the other senator from the Northeast, I don't recall her name either. But the fact of the matter, McCain and Rand Paul are a no for the, for the current instantiation of Trump care. So... My belief is that it is going to go down. A lot of people still think it, or some believe that it's dead. Let me remind you that Trump care, as long as Trump is president, as long as Republicans are in control of the House, as long as Republicans are in control of the Senate, is never dead. So we may dodge this bullet before September 30th, which is what we must do, but don't count on it or do not count on it being the end of the issue. Hi, Cynthia Allison from Colorado. Uh, do not count on it being the end of the road here. This will go on for the foreseeable future, especially since we understand that Trump right now, we understand, we know that Trump and his team, meaning specifically uh, Dr. Price, who runs HHS, is sabotaging this particular uh, uh, the Affordable Care Act. How is he doing that? They're, if you notice, they've shortened the amount of time that you have. Hi, Cynthia. They've shortened the amount of time that you have to sign up for Obamacare for the Affordable Care Act. They've also reduced your advertising budget by north of 90%. And they've also reduced the amount of people, I think they call them the navigators, 
who help people get insurance. All these things have been cut or diminished, and therefore, the idea that they're hoping to do is to tell folks, look, you see Obamacare is failing, nobody's signing up for it. Why aren't they signing up for it? Because they can't afford it. And also, why can't, oh, Cory Gardner now says that he's not voting for it, then it's dead. Uh, thank you for that information, Cynthia. I hadn't seen that one yet. Now, for those who believe that, uh, that uh, it is, you know, that he's good, the excuse they're going to make is that somehow Obamacare is pricing people out of the market. A large percentage of the price increases in 2018 are a direct result of what the president is doing to the Affordable Care Act at this point. And what is he doing? Again, as I mentioned before, for the newcomers that are coming in, one, they've reduced the navigators. Two, they've reduced advertising. Three, they've reduced the amount of time that people have to sign up to get this coverage. So therefore, you have a president of the United States making it difficult for people to get life-saving healthcare. Hi, uh, Mary Neal from San Diego. Nice uh, healthcare that could possibly save your lives. Now, who's to be blamed or who should we blame for this? We have to blame ourselves, folks. We have been gullible over the, set, over the years, over the decades. We have allowed these people to manipulate our minds, and this is something that we have to work against. We have to, we have to educate ourselves. We have to get smarter. We have to not allow, we, we cannot look at politicians as gods. We cannot look at politicians as people who are there for our own interests. We have to look at politicians for what they are, for whom they are. Loretta Henson from Wisconsin, welcome aboard. We have to look at politicians for who they really are, or many of them. And they are but benefactors from the plutocracy, the people with money. In fact, most Republicans don't even want to pass this bill. But when they went home, they got a, a tongue lashing from their donors. And when the donors gave them a tongue lashing, they realized who they owe, who their people that they support, I mean, who the people that they really represent. It's not you, it is the, bene the wealthy benefactors, it is, it is those people that give them money. But you know what? Money is, money is not equivalent to votes, and money cannot put them in office. You can. And what we have to do is educate ourselves and be a part of a system that really hold these guys accountable. We should fault ourselves. It is our fault that these guys are there. Janine K. Loud in Oregon, welcome aboard. And you're in Hawaii. Great. I wish I could be over there right now. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's like Panama, being in the tropics and getting whole gotten. Anyhow, getting back to the subject at hand. It is important, folks. It is very important that we educate ourselves. One of our biggest problems right now is that we're not educated on the issues. We're not educated on the issues. And when you're not educated on the issues, anything that, that, that people tells you fills that vacuum. It fills that vacuum needed to make a choice, to make a decision. And that is where we're at right now. Uh, Judy Brennan, Ohio, welcome aboard. We must, we must remember, America still has good schools. America still has good primary, secondary schools, colleges, etc. And they've taught us something basic, something called math. And most of us still, still know addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. And in doing so, it should that, just that basic skill should allow us to understand when politicians are filling up the airwaves or filling up our media with crap. 
So beforehand, what I want to do is I want to go to my blog of the week to start out uh, because I, 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 it, it speaks a little bit about what I call our gullibility. So um, here it is, folks. It's time for the weekly blog post. from Lake Charles. Welcome aboard. Your governor did the right thing. You guys elected a Democratic governor who immediately saw, it, that saw the reasons to expand, the, to get the Medicaid expansion to Obamacare. And guess what happened in, in, in uh, Louisiana? A whole lot of people got insurance in Louisiana, and that made a difference. It saved lives. For those of you who are listening that are Republicans, remember this. The Republicans you supported affected the mass murder of many of the people in your states. I, uh, it's not hyperbole. They affected murder because they knew they were lying for the reasons why they didn't take the Medicaid expansion. They didn't take it, and many people died. There are uh, university studies that can quantify that, which I've written several blogs about as well. Anyway. The title of the blog of the week, folks, Politicians Screw Us on Healthcare Because Our Gullibility Makes Us Forget Math. I think I welcome Mike Runyon uh, awake in a sea of gullibility. Hi from Kansas. I am so sorry, dear Mike, your governor, uh, the governor Brownback. Uh, yes, he's destroyed your economy. He's reversed taxes. He's... Uh, but you know what? You guys can make a difference. Anyway, coming back. Politicians screw us on health care because of our gullibility. It makes us forget math. We may have dodged another bullet. John McCain's decision not to vote for the Graham Cassidy Trump care bill will temporarily maintain the status quo. Our health care system is severely defective. And it is whose fault? It is our fault, folks. All of our faults. For those who are, 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 are not up or ignorant, it is their fault. For those of us who know the material and have been unable to get to those who are ignorant, it is our fault. We have to be a community. We have to be a community of communication where we bring people in and enlighten them so that these politicians do not continue to screw them. Okay, we allow politicians to obfuscate the math we all know by using smoke and mirrors to distract us from the reality we should be able to see. If every major industrialized country in the world have health care that covers the entire population, why can't we, the biggest country, the wealthiest country in the United States, do it? If they cover their citizens at a fraction of what it costs to cover Americans, then how? How can adopting a similar system most or cost more in the United States? If the life expectancy and medical outcomes are the same or better than our country, how, how can we claim to have the best health care? Those are several of the questions that we have to ask ourselves. But here's more importantly, it's not just about asking those questions. It's about answering them. And you know what? We don't need a scientist to answer those questions. We don't need 
educators to answer those questions. We've learned enough in society, in, in elementary school to understand what exactly is going on here. And that is something that we must hold ourselves responsible for. Why? Why is it? Why is it that all these other places have better outcomes than we do, better outcomes than we do, and somehow our politicians are telling us we can't do better. Okay. Politicians, Republicans and establishment Democrats alike, want us to believe that there is something fundamentally different between Americans and the rest of the world. Why? Why, why would they want to do that? Because if, if we understand that a French, Canadian, British, Swedish, Danish, African, or any other one of these persons, if we understood that person's health wants and needs are the same as all Americans as well, guess what? Then the debate will become a mass-based discussion, just a mass-based destruction. Nothing more. Julia Jackson, welcome aboard. Just a mass-based discussion. That mass-based conversation would show that the only logical conclusion is that America must migrate to a single-payer Medicare for all healthcare system. Will, will the total expenditures for healthcare go down in a Medicare for all system? Absolutely, yes. The math is absolute. Let me just warn, well, I'll, I'll go further later on. Currently, insurance companies nominally take 18% or so of the premiums. It collects, it collects to pay your medical bill. So you give them a dollar, they take 18 cents. They give it to their, to their shareholders. They give it for advertising budgets. They give it to their wealthy benefactors. They give it to the executives. Every time you give them a dollar, that is what's happening. Remember that. That money is not all going to health care. So if, uh, they use that to cut, to pay inflated salaries for executives, shareholder dividends, advertising, computers, bribes, etc. If you have $1,000, if you have one at the one thousand dollar bill. Are you willing to pay me? Okay, I come to you now. Hey guys, give me a thousand dollars, and I'll pay. Or rather, give me eleven hundred and eighty dollars, and I'll pay your thousand dollar bill. In other words, are you willing to give me a hundred and eighty dollars just to write your thousand dollar check to the to the insur- to the to the, your healthcare provider? I don't think so. And that is how Americans need to start thinking. When I say we have to stop the gullibility, we have to ask ourselves, what, do that, what does that insurance company really do for us? And here's a fact. It skims our money. They talk about spreading risk and all of that. That is BS. You only have to spread risk if you're trying to make a profit for something for shareholders to minimize your outlays. If we had one system, one system, the risk is the total population of the United States. And if you have the total population of the United States as your risk base, then everything gets cheaper because, first of all, you don't have to manage risk. Managing risk costs money. We don't have to do that. Continuing, my friends, continuing, my friends. They would say they manage risk. That's what the insurance company would say. And that's the reason why they must charge you. They must charge to manage risk. Remember, in business, we are not businesses. Hola uh, or hi, Gabriela Fernandez. Uh, listen, 
let's, let's be clear here about business. I am for business. I'm a businessman. I have a software company. So I'm not some crazy communist socialist or anything like that. I am a democratic socialist. That's a fact. But a democratic socialist has nothing to do with free enterprise and capitalism. Absolutely nothing. It means that I support the fire department. I support the, the, the police department. I support Medicare for all. I support social programs that make life better for everybody so that they can go out there and innovate, so that they can go out there and have their own company and not be shackled like a slave to a corporation because that's the only way they can get health insurance. Remember, right now, health insurance is nothing more than shackles around your neck, shackles around your ankle, shackles around your, 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 uh, your, 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 your wrist. Why? Because it doesn't give you the flexibility if you wanted to do something. You want to be a graphic designer. You can't, you want to open your company and expand your horizons. You want to design, you want to stay at home with your kids and have a company that you're going to, that's going to move you to the next level. You can't do it because you can't get insurance. So you have to go graphic design for somebody else who is going to give you a lower salary so that they can afford to pay your insurance for help. So that in that insurance that you're paying, of course, you enrich a very few of the American population. Okay, continuing. We allow them to change a fortune or to charge a fortune to pay a bill. They would say they manage risk. If we got rid of insurance companies, that would be moot, as Americans would be in one pool, one pool, and there would be no shareholders, no executives, or other expenses to pay. Folks, it is just math. It is not ideology. It is just math. And that's what I think about. That's what I try to put out there to people. You don't have to listen to the politicians talking crap. You just have to do the math. And you know what? We all know how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. That's all you need. We Will taxes go up? Yes. Yes. Taxes will go up. Let's be frank. You got to pay. If you want something, you pay for it. We're not looking for something for free. The matter is, who do we pay? Do we pay somebody that's going to enrich somebody else at your expense? Or do you pay somebody that is going to do the best they can to make things better for you? So will taxes go up? Yes. A portion of everyone's salary, like, just like your FICA for, health, for, uh, for Social Security withholding, would go towards paying for Medicare for all. But most Americans will pay thousands of dollars less for health care, and they will have more disposable income. Your increases in taxes will be less than the health care premiums, co-pays, deductibles, and other medical experiences that go to zero. It's math. Will some people lose in this deal? Yes. If you're a wealthy person, if you, have a, if you make a ton of money, we are going to tax you more. Progressive taxation. Well, you know what? Because you've made so much money as well, that means the money that you made was extracted out of our society. You know, a lot, of, a lot of rich people like to say, this is my money. I made this. This is mine. They don't realize that the streets that they used to make that money, the phone system that they used to make that money, the health care that they themselves have to maintain them healthy to make that money, the education that they got in college, in high school, in all these Ooh. other places played a part in them being wealthy. It's that simple. 
Nobody gets wealthy on their own, and nobody can remain wealthy on their own. When you purchase from that wealthy person, when you purchase from Bill Gates or anybody else, you're doing Bill Gates a favor. So requesting, demanding that Bill Gates pays his part is also a part of your right. You're not begging. You're not asking. You're not taking something that is not yours. It is ours. The problem in America right now is we have convinced ourselves that there's something special about these rich people. There's something special about these rich people and that they deserve to have what they have unconditionally, forgetting that their richness came from what you were able to provide them. Yeah, you may not want to spend the time that Bill Gates spent coding. Hey, when I, when I started my software business, I was working 18 hours a day. Yes, it was hard work. Did I make good money? I made a ton of money. But you know something? Afterwards, after a while, one thing someone like myself realizes, money is not everything. When you have kids, when you have society, when you see how the rest of the world lives, if you have a conscience, if you have more than a conscience, if you believe in these particular issues, then you can't help but be a part of a movement that makes things better for people. It's not a handout. Most of society, is not, they're not looking for a handout. Yes, you have those few people that are constantly looking for handouts, but it's not most of society that are looking for handouts at all. Most people want a chance, and that's what we're talking about. So continuing with the blog, sorry for going off on that. Every able, uh, or let me, let me back up to the area, your increase in taxes, your increase in taxes will be less than the health care premiums, co-pays, deductibles, and other medical expenses that go to zero. It's math. Every able-bodied work, body working person will have skin in the game as they will pay commensurate with their income. So if you make a little bit of money, you pay a little bit of money. If you make a lot of money, you pay a lot of money. The difficulty is adopting a Medicare for all health care paradigm in the trend, is, or rather, the difficulty in adopting a Medicare for all healthcare paradigm is the transition from our broken system to one that works. These are all solvable problems. Don't allow politicians to fool you or scare you. Disregard the cold words, socialism, lack of innovation, healthcare rationing. Those are all the key words they're going to use. In fact, They've started it. They've started attacking Bernie Sanders' uh, single-payer health care to scare Republicans into saying, if you don't vote for this bill this week, what's going to happen is Bernie Sanders' single-payer is going to take traction, and all you guys are going to have single-payer now. And, oh, my God, that is going to be so, so, so bad. Folks, ignore it. Forget it. Again, it's math. It's math. I am an engineer by, engineer by training. It's math. Most of the things that I, that, I, that I do in politics, it always goes through my engineering degree. It always goes through that. It's always math. You listen to the talking heads. It's always math. If we were to stick to math, they couldn't pull the rug from us. They, they, they couldn't. We, our gullibility index would drop. If we accepted what we know deep inside the math, 
and all of us know it. Forget about ideology, the mass. Here is the truth. Programs like Social Security, Medicare, Fire and Police Protection, etc., are socialism. But the same society has companies building jets, cars, and many other widgets following a free enterprise or capitalist model. It's not mutually exclusive at all. As far as I am concerned, the, the, the tools of capitalism should be nothing more than a tool. Capitalism should, nothing be, should be nothing more than a tool. Nothing more than a tool. You use everything, every part of our economic system should be something that makes life better for humans. We don't adapt humanity to an economic system. We adapt an economic system to what humanity needs. That is an important concept that we must have. We do not sit down there and we design. You see, look, the way our economic system was designed was by a few men who decided this is how we keep a few men rich, and this is the, these are the, this is the formula that we follow in our economy. That is how our system works. It was a man-made design, a man-made economic system designed to keep a few people wealthy following some methodology. It is our responsibility. It is our responsibility now to change our economy, whether through governmental regulations or whatever method necessary to ensure that the economy serves us. We don't adapt to the economy. I'm going to give you a quick example, and then I'm going to start taking the calls out there. Uh, folks, call uh, again. Call that number is uh, the number to call, of course, and I'm going to get the number to call for you guys. The number to call is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. And if you want to speak, remember to hit the number one. If you want to speak, hit the number one, and I will get to you. Um, uh, before beforehand, let me finish the blog. Again. There would be no lack of, or rather, let, let's go with that paragraph because it's important. Here is the truth. Hi, Donna Matisa. Here is the problem. Here is the truth. Programs like Social Security, Medicare, Fire and Police Protection, etc., are socialism. But the same society that has companies, the same, that same society has companies building jets, cars, and many other widgets following a free enterprise or capitalist model. There would be no lack of innovation, especially since the government is responsible for many grants that develop new drugs and technologies. You are already paying a lot of the drugs that, that, many are, that a few wealthy folks are making profits on. Guess who developed that drug? You did. You paid the taxes to develop that. And now they charge an order of magnitude of what it costs to develop to sell you back the drugs that you developed, that you paid for. That is, a, that is a disjointed society we have. And the reason that can continue to happen is that we don't know. That happens because we don't know. But if we educate ourselves and educate others and share these things, and by the way, please remember to share these videos because this is how we get folks on the bandwagon educated so that we can, when these politicians try to screw us, we know exactly what needs to be done. There would be no lack of innovation, especially since the government is responsible for many grants that develop new drugs and technologies. America rations healthcare right now. 
But you know what? It isn't your government rationing the, the health care here in America. It is a private corporation that's, that is rationing the health care. It isn't the government that say you can't see that doctor, you can't have that medication. It's the, it's the private company telling you that. So when they lie to you as well and say, oh, if you go to, if you go to Medicare for All or single payer, they're going to have control over the doctor that you see or they're going to have control over the medicines that you take. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't that what's happening right now? Isn't that what they are doing to you? The only difference is this. Medicare for All is not going to have or this plan only support these doctors and this plan only support these doctors because it's one plan. You get into a darn doctor that you can find. And guess what else that brings up? That allows the good doctors, the cream of the crop, to make more. Oh, really? They don't have to worry about signing up with a million different insurance companies. It allows, and doctors, doctors, where are you? Get off your butts, doctors. My sister is a doctor and she's one that supports single payer. And you know why? Because she knows if she doesn't have the headache of working to working for insurance companies, if she just knows that she can work for her patients, then it is that much better. Anyway, completing the blog, there would be no lack of innovation, especially since the government is responsible for many grants that develop new drugs and technologies. America rations healthcare now, and insurance companies who profit from rationing your care run off with your hard earned dollars. Talking about gullibility, we are gullible, folks. It is imperative that we as Americans do what we must do now. And that is, first, first, first of all, we got to stop the, the bill, the Trump care, whatever, 2.0 bill. It must be stopped now. How do we do that? You can make those calls. If you go to my website as well, there are how to reach your particular senator, egbertowillis.com has all that information, or politicsdoneright.com. I'm going to go to the phones now, and we're going to talk to, here's my buddy, John. Come on in, my friend. How are you doing this morning? Good afternoon, Egberto. How you doing? So far, so good. Talk to me, my friend. Okay. I uh, enjoyed what you've been, been saying. Uh, I, I do have a, a, a slightly different take. Uh, yeah. one, one thing that I think is really essential is, you know, the difference between the Sanders plan and some of the state plans, like what's, what was proposed in Vermont and proposed in California, is I mean, essentially, you know, technically these plans, they could have put taxes on the rich. But, right. I mean, it's very, very unusual for states to do that. In fact, it, it, it's not happening in any state. I mean, they do have state taxes in 43 states. But, you know, it, they're significantly lower than federal taxes in every state. And so, you know, that, make, that makes it difficulty. Now, with the Sanders plan, where there's, you know, all kinds of, of revenues besides the 4% being paid by the individual and the 7.3% uh, being paid by the employer – uh, you know, there's all kinds of, of different taxes. The, the, one of the biggest surprises is the $4.2 billion, or trillion dollars rollar trillion, that, was, uh, that would be saved over a 10-year period just from uh, uh, tax revenues, you know, tax credits that they give to employers to give uh, to give to people. And so right. that's actually a bigger amount than everybody would pay in the whole country, in the, every individual and every 
and every employer, it, put them all together, uh, and it's less. So, I mean, that that's really kind of astounding, you know, saying yeah. that we – essentially, we we pay our tax dollars to subsidize employers to give health care to people. And $4.2 trillion over two, 10 years, and all of that money, all those subsidies would be eliminated. And that is the single biggest – uh, driver right now, and so you know it, it. I think that that's important that people you know look over this white paper and kind of have an understanding. The because what I've been concerned about you know is the actual. Is it actually going to be more money for the individuals? How much are individuals going to pay? How much are, are employers going to pay? And there's no doubt that they'll pay less. Uh, one thing I do slightly disagree with you on. You were saying that an 18 there's an 18 percent, uh, you know, profit margin by insurance people. From the research I've done, I haven't seen anywhere close to that. I, I, I'm what I'm seeing is uh, about a five percent margin, three to five percent. It used to be higher uh, back, you know, before the ACA. Uh, but I mean, I'm really not seeing those numbers, and so one of the things. I, let me let me interrupt you for a while because those numbers, I'll uh, get them for you. I'll uh, get the research for you on that. But before uh, the before the Affordable Care Act, the overhead, and when I'm talking overhead, I'm talking about how much money goes to healthcare and how much money goes toward uh, toward you know all everything else, shareholder value. Uh, I mean, shareholder and advertising all the work. That used to be in the past between 25 and 30 percent. Obamacare forced them down to 20 percent, and I think they many have gotten it to like 18 percent. So that is that. I'll, I'll get that for you. Right. Um, I mean, I, I guess what I'm talking about is actually uh, profit margins because I mean, if you're if you're not making any money, you know, you're essentially you can't really function as a business. Right. Right. And but let me. So, let me I need to qualify that. The, the, the reason I want to use the 18% or in the old days, the 30% is because my contention is business, uh, putting insurance as a business to cover healthcare. And, and you agree with this as well, but putting it, I, I, and by the way, I understand what you're saying now. Your 5% is profit margin for the, for the uh, insurance company. I'm saying that that profit margin for the insurance company is a part of the expense as far as everybody else is concerned. In other words, as follows. If you have to, if you have to create an industry that takes out 20% of the premiums that you pay into insurance to pay a bill, that is not a viable business at all. It's not a viable business for something that is for something like healthcare. It may be a viable business to dig oil out of the ground, or maybe a viable business to create trinkets, but it's not a viable business to pay for healthcare. And that's why a single payer healthcare for all, where there's no ancillary charges, no expenses for advertising, no expenses for anything else, which shouldn't be there, it's healthcare should be there. And that's the point I was trying to make. And that's why I use those numbers. Proceed, my friend. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess I'm not. I'm not trying to be too uh, argumentative here, but I mean, I do see that. Uh, you know, when I called in on on Thursday to your KPFT show, you know, I was I was very happy about the Bernie plan, but I said there were a couple of little issues that I have, and one of the things is, 
you know, he's saying that, that there will be a uh, $500 billion savings, and essentially he's making uh, the, same, the same kind of argument that you're making about the, about the right. And so you know, what I'm seeing from state plans and what they're saying is that there will be about 8%. Eight to ten percent savings, and so which that which would be much less than five hundred billion a year. So I mean that number that done is it does again like I like I continuously tell folks what we want to look at is math. If we add up all if we add up all the amounts of money that that goes out to pay uh, to pay for healthcare from the private in from the private insurance companies. And we subtract the amount, uh, we, and we subtract the total. Rather, if we, we, we take all the monies that were given to private, and, and by the way, uh, 503, I'm coming to you next. If we take all the monies that were paid in premiums and subtract all the monies that were paid to uh, insurance uh, to pay bills, that would be north of $500 billion. Okay? Now, if, uh, so you'll have $500 billion. Then if you figure that Medicare. Uh, right now that we have the numbers that Medicare is 2% or a little bit more to administer, we can, Bernie Sanders can legitimately make that claim. And I don't know what the, the state numbers that you are talking about say, but you know, you may want to send that to me sometime. Because again, my thing again, is just absolute numbers. It's not about what, you know, right. most of right. these politicians coming out with these things usually have ulterior motives. No, but these, no, these aren't. Are, these are people who are actually, you know, paid professionals who are health economic, you know, mm -hmm. professors in Vermont. Right. That's that's what they, you know, they wanted to implement this plan. They wanted to implement the the plan in California. And what right. they're saying is that there's this. I mean, there's there's no doubt there's a savings. But I mean, mm -hmm. th what they're say, saying is there is there's a savings of eight to ten percent, and okay. not not more than that. And okay. so, I mean, because you still have to have, I mean, you still have to have uh, people, you know, uh, I mean, Medicare has people processing these plans. And I mean, when people say, you know, what are all these health insurance, you know, if single com payer comes into play, what are they going to, how are these people are going to lose, a lot of people are going to lose their job. And, you know, what I'm saying is a lot of people are going to co-work for the government because that's what they've, they've already been doing this. And they're right. they're they're going to need to hire more people to, because they're that's going to be necessary. And so, there's, so there's one right here, John, and that is you know uh, you're you're right about that. But when you talk about every you know uh, my sister and her practice and all these other people that have practices, right? What happens is all of them hire people to take care of insurance. Those particular people are that that those staffs are going to be severely reduced, and there they there's not, there wouldn't be a comparable job for them in government administering a single period. That's why in other blogs that I've written, I've said, we, when we're making this change, we have to also think about how it affects the amount of people that are working in, in insurance industry right now. But I tell you what, John, hold your thought because I want to get 503 in and then we come back to you and uh, continue the discussion because what you're saying is very important. So 503, please come on in 503. Uh, area code 503, you're on. You may be on mute. Five Five zero three or five four one. Five zero three. Is that? Uh, uh, I mean, it may be you because uh, it's coming across as five zero three oh, number. So, oh, oh, yeah. I, oh, I forgot I was on my computer instead of my telephone. <laughs> oh, this sounds like Janine. 
Yes, this is Janine. I'm in Oregon right now. I'm so not in Hawaii. Oh, okay, great. I saw Hawaii on the on Facebook Live. But anyway, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I have an echo at my end. Do you have an echo at your end? Lucky for us, we don't have an echo. And folks, Janine is our uh, uh, one of our board members at the Coffee Party USA uh, uh, group. So thank you for being here, Janine. Okay. So I wanted so to I'm talk a little bit about healthcare because my actual university training is in exactly this area. Um, and, and I had a big point, but I want to answer a few of John's issues first. Um, one of them was um, when we talk about taxes for healthcare, sometimes we forget that premiums are actually taxed. Right. And so people and so like people us who like pay premiums, we sort of get we pushed under the bus because big business will tell you that their um, that every penny that they pay for uh, health care for employees really should be considered as a tax, and therefore uh, they often use it to contaminate their tax rates. Um, so it's it's kind of a mess. The other thing is uh, that he mentioned was you know hey a five percent uh, profit rate or a profit margin in these big companies. Well, having been a business owner myself, I can tell you I can take a 25% profit margin and make it a 5% margin with a snap of my fingers because all I have to do is give all my executives a raise because executive raises come before profit. The real issue with these big companies is that dividends occur after. So dividends literally come out of profits, and they need a particular profit rate to pay high dividends to keep investors who are very, very, very fickle. And so rather than paying taxes, they want to pay dividends. (laughs) And this is where uh, the mashup comes from, and it really comes way back from the Reagan years and the whole taxing strategy. Um, Back then... uh, before supply-side economics, before trickle-down economics, we just really had a, hey, you make money, then you do tax planning, and, of course, you tax plan to minimize your tax liability. I'm speaking as a business again. And then uh, you pay your taxes. And the whole trickle-down thing made it possible to do this another way. You know, we had this whole philosophy that um, – I mean, so first of all, the only thing actually capitalistic about trickle-down is that they use money to buy this land. So the law was a commodity they purchased. You know, so so once they purchased this law, now they're backing out of the village. You know, if you believe that it takes the village, then you get to see that they've been walking out of the village. You guys out there get your health care. You guys out there get your uh, whatever it is. We're not going to contribute anymore, or we're going to serially contribute less and less and less and less. And this is all empowered by this false and proven false economic theory called supply side, called trickle down, frankly called neoliberal economics, for those of you who like to tangle up words. Right. So ultimately, the rich want no taxes. 
then they've got this whole big tax thing going on as a part of the rhetoric to people like you and me. And John referred to this too. He sort of said, um, you know, an eight to ten percent savings of a very big number is still a very big number. <laughs> it's a huge number. It could be millions. It could be billions. But the big number theory, and I put that in quotes because it's a very real thing, the big number theory is used by business to justify reducing their taxes because they pay so much already. Why should they pay what we call their fair share? So they might make 90% of the money, but they pay 70% of the tax. You know, you know? I mean, I so like, this, well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, one of the things no, I like. No, I is, mean, go ahead, Janine. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm pretty much finished with that line of thought. I mean, we got to get that this is not capitalism, except that capitalists bought this. It, you know, they bought and paid for this kind of taxing thing. Okay, what I want to do, uh, because one of the things that I, in the learning process, and, and all of us learning, what I try to tell people is we have to first learn to uh, not believe not believe that the, and, and I'm gonna put you on mute a while because I'm getting the feedback now from uh, your radio, your computer, I believe. But anyhow, what we have to do is not believe the first. The only way we're gonna solve our problems, right, is for us as Americans to feel. And I speak about this for those who listen to the show a lot, all the time. It's for us to feel worthy, not just a false sense of worth, but a real worth. In other words, the rich would have you believe that. Uh, you need to come to them to beg for what you want and that somehow they earned what they want. Now, we have a president that supposedly is worth a few billion dollars. Is he really worth anything to society? Is this plastering your name on a building and these other issues a reason, a benefit to society that justifies the wealth that he has? Absolutely not. But we created an economic system that allows that to happen. Remember what I said earlier on? It is incumbent upon us to remember that we should create an economic system that fits us. In other words, the economic system should work for humanity and not the other way around. And once we, and, and to get to that point, though, we have to first come to the realization that the wealthy is not all deserving. Having billions of dollars, nobody's worth a billion dollars. I'm sorry. We, we have these lists with billionaires. It, has, it does not impress me. It does not impress me that Bill Gates is worth a billion dollars because you know what? And I don't want to be uh, conceited here, but Bill Gates is not a better software coder than I am. I've written some intricate pieces of software. I just didn't have the business savvy that fits within our modal, that fits within the type of economy we created. Okay, so he did, many didn't. Let's remember that. Wealth doesn't mean that it's deserved. Go ahead, John, and come in if you want to. Okay. Uh, that's, okay. Uh, Janine's making a good point. I, I definitely uh, agree with what she's saying. Uh, the one thing, though, I, that I'm a, a little bit concerned about, and like, like I said, with Bernie's plan, I'm mostly happy with it, and I think that it will be addressed 
you know, as as time goes on and as his movement becomes more popular and wins more elections, uh, you know, is hopefully this will be implemented, you know, within who knows when it will happen. But I mean, it's obviously, obviously, you know, 2021 is, is the earliest and, you know, hopefully it'll, you know, go from there. Uh, but, you know, as you know, one thing that I am concerned about, though, is we really have to have enough revenue to cover everything because, you know, the plan that Bernie did put out is is more uh, accessible – not accessible, but more uh, liberal than any other plan in the country – uh, I mean, in the in the world. I mean, nobody has right. a lot of these, uh, except really, I guess the the British, you know, and they have a nationalized health care, and I think you know that's that's actually a good goal. But I mean, Medicare for all, I think is is a, is a lot more accessible right now, and so right. uh, so I just I just think that it's you know if, if this ever does pass and it doesn't have enough revenue it will be a disaster you know right. and so i just think that we have to get the revenue part right and i think he's on the right right path to getting the this revenue part right but i mean to to actually get this he actually has to you know uh get get people get the congress to buy in to all these tax increases and uh let me let me just say like the the CBO estimates that 68% of the benefits from the special income tax rates or capital gains and dividends went to the richest 1% in 2013 now part of his plan it says this option would end the special tax break for capital gains and dividends on household incomes above 250,000 treating this income uh, the same as income earned from the taxes. And so basically it would go up from 20%, which they're paying now. The richest people are paying 20%. That was at 15% before. Now it's at 20%. That, that's what the fiscal cliff went, went to 20. So that would go up to 40%. And so along with the other tax increases, that's going to get $1.8 trillion over 10 years. And so, I mean, this is just really – and it's also talking about limiting tax deductions for the wealthy. And so this – I just want to emphasize, you know, this is really targeting the wealthy, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't think people are talking about this enough, and uh, this is really, really uh, something that, that I'm really proud that Bernie has, has said because it would be a much more difficult lift if it wasn't done that way. But now the difficult lift is going to be, can we get this to pass with these tax increases? And so we have to change people's minds, and you do a good job about you know, changing people's minds on, on taxes and on our approach to how we, uh, how we look at, at government. And so, right. so that's one of the I reasons see. why I enjoy your show so much. Thank you so kindly, my friend, and I, but I'm glad that you brought that out because that is an important point, and there's something that we have to get to. And, you know, uh, sometimes I, I don't, uh, you know, we, we don't want to be sociologists or psychologists or anything like that, but, you know, we always have to ask ourselves, why do Americans tolerate what you just stated? Why do we tolerate that 68% of the gains went to the 1%? Why do we tolerate that? And a lot of that is one, a lot of us don't know that. But a second reason is that a lot of us don't feel, a lot of us are meant by design to feel that we are not as worthy as those people who make all that money. And one of the things I try to do with, with some of the work that we are doing here 
is to try to tell folks or try to not not just that you know there's you can you can say rah 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 you're as good as anybody else you know everybody's parents tell them oh you're as good as anybody else or you're just as good as you know there's a genius in the class and you say you're just as good as a genius in the class well no that's not necessarily true that you're that you are just as a you know as, as that genius in the class what we what I want to do is promote truth in letting folks know that when it comes to an economy to economics when it comes to our social being within within the state you are just as good as anybody else. Are you going to work just as hard as that other person? No. So should that person that works hard, harder uh, have more disposable income? Yes. The question is how much of that disposable income, and I, it's above my pay grade to know that, but we can look into the context of what makes an economy work best to decide that, and that is where we need to go. First, Americans have to know that they are just as worthy as anybody else. And once they know that, and then the second thing they must know, they must know that a wealthy person could not be wealthy without the masses. In other words, everybody in this country is a, plays a part. A piece, of that bill, a piece of the billions of dollars that, that, uh, that, that, uh, that exactly, uh, Janine, Graham Cassidy is a welfare bill. A piece of the wealth that Bill Gates or any other billionaire has is a part of what you've created, whether directly or indirectly. So we cannot allow these folks to think, we made this, it is all ours, and now you can ask us to give it, and we'll decide if we'll give it. No. It is time for us to look at it the way it is. Society created Bill Gates. Society created uh, uh, every other billionaire. It's amazing how slim from Mexico. Society created all these guys. And they owe it to society to ensure that society continues to run. That means health care. That means education. That means all these other issues. Well, um, Jenny, do you want to add anything? Because we're getting close to the end of the show. Sure. I was just going to add that. I was just going to add that the repealing the ACA, which is you know really what's on the table right now, is actually. Right repealing the investor tax that funds it. And so John is right to point to what do we do if there's no funding. And right. so the repeal and replace is kind of a bait and switch because actually it's like saying, hey, I'm going to take away your Maserati, and what I'm going to give you is a Maserati steering wheel. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like it's really not – there's nothing equivalent about it. But right. the darn investor tax goes away. And if you look at Graham Cassidy, you don't see an investor tax there. So this is really just the biggest PR campaign to have investors profit even more from American labor and American business than they already do. And that and also, is just crazy making. And also, profit from the, the, and also profit from the misfortune, the sickness of our American citizens. So please, Janine, give me a quick closer as we close our show out. Sure, sure. So, you know, the American health care or health insurance, rather, industry has been on notice for 50 years that they were not providing a service, that they were really just a vector to cash to a limited few. They abuse their employees. They abuse, abuse their customers. They serve only their shareholders. Anything, anything that doesn't set this on a different course. And Bernie's place is a great place to start his bill. 
great place to start. But remember, in due process of law, there's a lot of hearings and discussion, and we'll get it to the thing we really need. So thank you. Thank you so kindly, Janine, for calling in. Uh, John, give me a closer. All right. I, I agree with Janine. The, the, the fight right now is is right now stopping Graham Cassidy and uh I'll, you know give some some credit to McCain you know I think over his political career I don't agree with him too much but I mean I agree with him on on these two stands he took on the skinny repeal and this this bill so I, I you know I'm glad that happens and I'm hoping Collins uh Rand Paul and Murkowski all vote against it and you know unfortunately you know you've been talking about sabotage that's been going in effect uh, even more often so we need to keep talking about that and what what the republicans are doing is really hurting people you know it's it's really incredible the way you know even the guy who called in the KPFT called in and he was saying well, you know, have you actually read the 140 pages of Graham Cassidy? And, you know, he, he was believing all the, the hype. And, you know, it's these the healthcare experts, you know, have, have really laid it out what what it does. And it, it, it really takes away uh, the Medicaid coverage. And those are the people who need it the most. You know, I mean, I'm not really concerned at all about rich people. Rich people have had it made, you know, uh, easy for so long during the trickle-down era, and that all needs to change. And I'm so happy that the millennials uh, are really embracing Bernie's message and that they want to see this change uh, come because of income inequality, which is our biggest, one of our biggest problems, our biggest economic problem here in America. And so it's just, it's just really... I'm really glad that Bernie's plan is out there. I, I'm really hoping that we can stop this, you know, with McCain's vote uh, against it. Uh, it's looking that way. I'm glad to see people coming out and fighting against it, like in Houston, the indivisible people. They're going to begin. When is that? I think on Tuesday. You said on your KPFT show. Absolutely, we're going to Ted Cruz's office to to shore disappointment. So I mean, I just see a lot of momentum, and I, I think that uh, you know people are are changing their minds, and they're realizing even Republicans, half of the Republicans don't like this bill. Only 24% approval, and then you didn't have a CBO score. If the CBO score came out, it would be even less. And so you know, you know, we're fighting together, and I think you know, as as bad as Trump is, there's also a, another movement that that's you know. Even going beyond what centrist Democrats, uh, you know, who held power for, you know, obviously during the Obama era, uh, or, you know, power was split up, but I mean, the first two years they held power. Uh, going beyond that and really, you know, putting more emphasis on helping the people who need it the most. And what you're talking about, people being gullible, you know, that can be changed by that's more education. John, that's what we're doing. John, I got to go now. So, um, Look, thank you, John. Thank you, uh, Janine, for being a part of the show. Thank you for all my Facebook uh, uh, live listeners. Let me tell you guys, we had a, a great show today. We had, wow, so far over a thousand folks. So look, let me tell you something. Please remember to go ahead and share these. Let's go ahead and make sure our our brethren, our friends, our brothers and sisters in America understand what's going on here. And more than just understanding what's going on here, let's get out there and do what we have to do to make sure that these politicians affect the will of the people. Look, thank you so kindly for being here. Please do remember to share these.
videos across the network because this is how we are going to educate ourselves among each other. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right on the Coffee Party USA Network. You have a wonderful day. Don't forget, go visit coffeepartyusa.com. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.